You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Crypto with Kamal. I'm your host, Kamal Hubbard. And in the next series of interviews, I'm going to be covering Converge 22, which is billed as the convergence of money, tech, and people. Converge 22 was put on by Circle, which is a financial services company that is the creator of USDC. Now, Converse 22 is a gathering of change makers looking to build what's next in the world of Web3. The conference brought together people at all levels of familiarity with crypto, folks from traditional finance, ranging all the way to DeFi, regulators, policymakers, as well as nonprofits. Converge 22 was an amazing opportunity to dive deep and collaborate, as well as establish a shared vision of the crypto economy. Now, with my coverage, I'd like to give you all a glimpse of what you may have missed by giving you the chance to meet some of the great people that made this conference so amazing. Let's not waste any more time. In the next series of interviews, I'm going to cover Converge 22, which was put on by the financial services company Circle. Now, Converge 22 is billed as the convergence of money, tech, and people. And it was a gathering for change makers looking to build what's next in Web3. The conference brought together people from all levels of familiarity with crypto, folks from traditional finance to DeFi, as well as regulators, policymakers, and nonprofits. Converge 22 was an amazing opportunity to dive deep, collaborate, and establish a shared vision of the crypto economy. With this coverage, I'd like to give you all a glimpse of what you may have missed because for many reasons, this was not your typical crypto conference experience. It was truly a one of a kind event that featured powerful speakers and shining stars from all over the industry. Let me not waste any more time and allow me to introduce you to Circle's very own Tina Baker Taylor. All right, we're here at Circle Converge 22 and I'm happy to be joined with my next guest, Tina Baker-Taylor. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. I'm having such a great time at this conference, and it's been amazing so far. Great announcements and great people. And you happen to be one of them. Well, thank you so much. So something that I thought was an interesting question, someone said to me yesterday, what does Circle do? And uh, put a smile on my face to a certain extent that you're here at the conference. But there's a lot of people probably listening who don't know what Circle does. Mm -hmm. So why don't we start here? What does Circle do? Well, Circle's mission is essentially to create the ability to be able to move money at the speed of the internet. Um, And so what does that mean? That sounds very, you know, Uh, existential. But 
if you take a look at all of the layers of infrastructure that are required to move money from me and you today, mm -hmm. there's a lot of intermediaries in the middle there, right? Absolutely. And so um, cryptocurrency or digital currencies allow you to remove a lot of that infrastructure or a lot of those intermediaries from the transmission of value. But in addition to that, um, we're moving toward, and I think anybody that um, is, you know, in their 30s will remember potentially before there was Facebook, or certainly, you know, I remember before there was email, right? And so the idea that you can send money in the same way that you can send information, um, the way that our lives changed when we got email, um, and then the ability to communicate and connect with each other in this always-on device-centric way that we do today with social media, if you were to take those behavioral patterns and apply them to the way that we could and already do today transfer value, um, essentially Circle's trying to, to solve that problem in a number of different ways. Excellent, excellent. So why don't you share with our listeners what you do at Circle? So I lead our policy and regulatory strategy in Europe and the UK specifically, so kind of outside of the US. Uh, so I work with policymakers, whether they're legislators like parliamentarians um, or regulators, um, think tanks, et cetera, to really kind of talk about what policy uh, good practice looks like, um, how we put governance in place so that we have practical, balanced rules of the road that take into account um, that protecting people and their money is important, but that this technology has other ways to manage risk within it already embedded. And so how do we take the, the, the risk and how do we take the mitigants and apply this technology so that we don't basically kind of over-regulate or, or create rules that aren't fit for purpose? So that's what I spend my time thinking about. Yeah, and when I have talks with regulators and legislator, legislators, the big thing that comes up when, you know, I'm advocating on behalf of uh, digital assets and the adoption of it is mm -hmm. the lack of consumer protection. Mm -hmm. What is, and I know Circle's doing a lot on trying to shape policy, but what is the uh, counter uh, point to that when that is raised? Sure. Well, I think there's, there's a number of different things. Um, first, if you look at the innovation hype cycle, which, you know, people talk about, but it, but it is a real thing, right? So there's always a speculative period and any new technology. In the, the early days of crypto, there um, was a lot of speculation and there wasn't a lot of usage, right? There wasn't a lot of utility. People were kind of betting on the number will go up or the number will go down. And you could really just kind of trade cryptocurrencies either with fiat currency or with each other between cryptocurrencies. Um, and so when you look at how those um, new people were brought into the industry, how they were made aware of Bitcoin, for example, um, a lot of that was community driven. And so uh, it's very retail focused, it's very grassroots, um, and there wasn't any type of kind of financial promotions 
um, best practices, right? So you could kind of say anything. You could put anything on a bus. You could have a Facebook group and kind of say whatever you liked, right? And so um, that has the potential, like, like any new technology, for a bad actor to identify that there might be a gap there and, and you could, you know, spin a story and, and scam people, right? So, so that happens, I think, with any new technology. Um, and so I think at this point, as we move into that usage period, um, we acknowledge that for this to grow, there, there needs to be rules in place, right? Um, and some of those are around disclosures, ensuring that customers understand what they're buying, they understand um, you know, what the risks are, they understand what their um, availability to recourse might be, depending on where they live, um, but also that they, um, that they understand the technology um, and it's not just a number go up situation, like why are you buying this? People ask me all the time, well, you know, what tokens should I buy? And I'm like, well, what do you care about? And they think that's an odd question for me to ask, but I'm like, you wouldn't invest in anything. Think about you're investing your money. So there are all of these different projects that are solving different problems. And so for me, I would invest in something that I believe in. So if you're just looking at, you know, the market cap and that's what you're using to make your decisions, you know, I wouldn't buy stocks that way, right? right. So um, I think also from a regulatory perspective, we're looking at things like putting um, parameters around what you can say in a financial promotion. That's important. Disclosures, um, putting pos positive frictions in place. So um, let's say you're going to sign up for a new account on an exchange, for example, asking customers, well, you know, how much do you intend to, you know, invest every month? You know, what is your understanding of this? And, and, and just kind of slowing down the process a little bit mm -hmm. so that people are a little bit more intentional and mindful about what they're doing. Um, that tends to decrease the ability for scams to be effective because people then get used to that process or going through the KYC process just slows you down, right? right. And, and makes you be a little bit more intentional about what you're doing. Well, okay, let's kind of step back to the what circle does question again. So, um, you know, obviously the U.S. Fed, they print money. What is the process in terms of how circle creates new USDC? Okay, so that's a great question. We don't create money. Okay. So USDC is a digital representation of the dollar. Right. So what does that mean? Um, the actual process to create it, we have so Circle customers are business customers, and they have a Circle account. Mm -hmm. And if they decide that they want to mint USDC, they will deposit money into their Circle account, fiat money, dollars. That money will clear, right, so it's there. And then we allow them to mint the amount of fiat money that they have in their account. Well, it's now not in their account. Now it's in our reserve account. So it goes into an account that the money just sits there. We can't lend it. We don't borrow against it. We don't use it to pay our bills. We don't do anything with it. It just sits there. Mm -hmm. And then the customer can create USDC. So that USDC is a digital representation of those dollars that are sitting in that regulated financial institution reserve bank account. And then the reverse happens if you want to withdraw them. So if somebody brings us USDC, they want to redeem it for dollars, we remove those dollars from that reserve account. We burn those USDC. They no longer exist. The digital representation has been dissolved or you know, burned. 
and then we give them fiat money back. So there's no monetary creation. Excellent, excellent. And I think that also uh, describes how USDC is not pegged to the dollar. No, it's not pegged to the dollar. It is a representation of the dollar. So when a currency is pegged, there can be kind of fluctuation in its own currency, and it's supposed to kind of float with the dollar. That's the difference between something being denominated or backed. USDC is not a uh, dollar-denominated token. It is a dollar-backed token, so it is always worth a dollar. Whatever the dollar is worth, that's what that token is worth. And I think that's great for people to understand the different types of stable coins and what the difference is. And obviously, there's plenty of stable coins out there and what makes USDC different. So now let's shift a little bit. Since your area is the Eurozone in the UK, let's talk about Eurocoin. Okay. Yeah. So Eurocoin is essentially exactly the same thing as okay. USDC. Um, but euros. So uh, Europe is kind of the second largest trading block um, and the second largest kind of currency in the world. When you look at, I mean, the dollar has become almost the default currency or the reserve currency of the internet, right? Sure. Most stable coins are denominated in dollars. Um, and that creates potential friction for certainly crypto capital market traders, mm-hmm. um, when they are moving in and out of, you know, their currency, maybe the euro. Um, so this provides a really nice kind of FX trading pair. Mm-hmm. Um, what is unique about Eurocoin, there are other Euro-denominated stablecoins out there. Um, but again, Eurocoin uh, is under the same umbrella as USDC, um, offered by the same entity in circle that uh, USDC is offered under. So again, it's it's within a regulated purview. Um, we use the same reserve model. So we take in euros, we hold those euros, and again, a regulated financial institution reserve account, um, and they are minted and burned the same way. So with other euro-denominated stable coins, um, the ones that I'm aware of, are either um, have some kind of algorithmic or crypto-backed element, or they're backed by dollars. So there's always going to be some FX slippage in there if you're backing a euro-denominated token with with dollars. So this is one for one euros. Hang on one second. We have to take a break, and we'll be right back. And welcome back. Okay, well, I think we're running out of time here, but I really appreciate you joining us here. So, Tina, I'll let you have the last word before we sign off. Well, I just, I'm so glad that you're here at this conference. Um, For me personally, I think um, one of the things that I get asked about a lot, especially I think with the advent of NFTs and as usage has gone up, being a woman of color, I get asked the question, you know, is, is crypto creating access for people or is, is this industry potentially operating in a predatory way for people that, that um, you know, may not have the same access to wealth creation or have been prevented from that? 
Um, and I had a conversation with somebody a couple of months ago, uh, and they were talking about consumer protection, just to kind of come full circle to this. And I said to that person, look, you know, I don't want somebody to protect me in this thing for. I want somebody to give me information and access and choices, and I want to be able to make my own decisions about what my financial future looks like. So um, I was really excited to talk to you because I think that um, hopefully, you know, your readers are uh, finding those ways to, to get good, rich information. Yeah, and I think also Circle's doing the part of trying to educate consumers and creating tools like the Token Bridge that was part of the super secret announcement. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah. I think it's been announced. So yeah. yeah, sure. And um, yeah, so that's great. And those are things that people should look into when considering yeah. uh, so digital just, assets. Thank you to you for showing up. Thank you, Tina, for showing up too. And I <laughs> hope you enjoy the book. And uh, good luck at the rest of the conference here. And um, can't thank you guys enough again for taking the time out. It's been a pleasure, Paul. Thank you. All right. So everyone out there, thanks for tuning in. Don't just make it a good day. Make it a great day with crypto. Crypto with Kamal on the Ebony Covering Black America podcast network.